0: And so he's just an amazing graphic designer. And that is the, the title of the message this morning, One Step Closer to Jesus. And it's not just a message. It's a philosophy. It's something we're going to be hearing about continually as we go on. I want to read a few scriptures, and they're going to be up on the wall. It's, uh, so you can read along with me. You don't have to read out loud. But here we go. Romans 12, 2 says... And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Philippians 2:12 and 13 says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my present only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure." In 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. God, I thank you for this opportunity to gather together and, and hear the word. Lord, I pray that my words would be yours. God, that you would help us, draw us closer to yourself. Lord, anoint this time. Challenge us each where we're at that we would all draw one step closer to Jesus. You know, normally, normally the beginning of a message, myself or another preacher would say something like, over the next six weeks, we're going to do this and that, or over the next three months. But this morning is different. This morning, we're going to start with the beginning now, and it's going to last forever. So this, this is an ongoing series that is never going to end. At least that should be the truth. Amen. And, and I'm excited, I really am excited about it. If, if, you're, if you've been paying attention, when I say one step closer to Jesus, it's ringing already because every message I've been saying this, talking a little bit about this, and, and because it's, it's such a deep thing. Uh, but this morning we're going to maybe introduce, encourage you, expound upon. How about instruct, live, and walk in ways that will help you, that will help me, that help him or her or them grow one step closer to Jesus. It's just the beginning today, but we're going to kick the door open to help change a philosophy. We want to introduce I want to introduce something that's not just a message, but a way of thinking that I believe will transform us as the body. I believe that if this message could get into the hearts of people. And it's not my message. It's a, it's a message. It's a philosophy that the Lord has given me. But I, I, such a bold statement that I believe that this philosophy could get into the hearts and the minds of believers throughout the United States and throughout the world. It would absolutely change the world. And, and, and I don't know if I can deliver that this morning. But if you can get this understanding of one step closer to Jesus in your life, freedom will come. Healing will come. Encouragement will come. Change will come. And it's not something you have to do. It will come. It will be the byproduct of this understanding that we can grow and we should be growing one step closer to Jesus. First, it's not a program. It's not a program. There aren't 12 steps to grow closer to Jesus. There's books like that. There's videos. There's different things. But this isn't a program. There's not just 12 steps. But there are action steps, things that we can do individually to help us grow one step closer to Jesus. Second, it's not a goal to arrive at. It's not, there's, there's that and we're just going to do this and finally we'll, we'll get there. One step closer to Jesus is a lifetime thing. It's an ongoing thing. So it's not just, hey, that's the goal. It's a process. And thirdly, it's important. It's not a one-time deal. It's not going to happen with just a Sunday morning. You won't really grow closer to Jesus if you only do it as a Bible study once a week. I I think of Newton's law. Newton's law says things in motion tend to stay in motion. That's a general summary of Newton's law of motion. Things in motion tend to stay in motion. The law states that that really that things in motion will continue in that direction unless they're acted upon by an outside force. This is one step closer to Jesus. Let me explain that just, just quickly. I believe that Christ is always drawing people to himself. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, came to seek and save that that which was lost. He's been called the great hound dog of heaven. He's always drawing us closer to himself. The Bible says that if I be lifted up, the son of man be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. Well, Jesus Christ was lifted up. He was lifted up on the cross and he was lifted up from this earth into heaven. And so therefore he is now drawing all people to himself. And so there is this spiritual draw that's happening with everybody on the face of this earth. They're being drawn toward Jesus. That's their spirit man. Even if their spirit is dead, their spirit is being drawn to become alive in Christ. Everybody on earth, whether they're saved or unsaved, is being drawn toward Jesus. And so automatically, they should be growing one step closer to Jesus. But here's the problem. There's outside forces acting on every one of us. Outside forces, external to the spirit man. They might be internal to you, but they're external to the spirit man that are acting on the force of Jesus drawing us to himself that stop us, that get us off course. But Newton's law, what we want to do is remove those things, remove those outside forces that are hindering us from drawing closer to him. He's like the eternal magnet, drawing, drawing, drawing. But the thing is, we'll never arrive, not on this earth. It's an ongoing thing. Jesus is life. This isn't a static Relationship. It's a dynamic relationship. It changes. And so, what we want to do is find these things over the next 45 years of our life, maybe longer for some of you. Find these things that are hindering us, drawing us away, that are acting as these forces external to the draw of Jesus Christ, and get rid of them so that we can continue on this path of drawing closer to Jesus. And we're going to do all that in the next 22 minutes. You know it's it's not going to happen, but that's what's happening in this world, and that's what we want to happen in our lives. amen, so our spirit is being drawn, it's being wooed by Christ, and if it's unhindered and unfettered, we will draw closer and closer to him so quickly, because this this isn't a big part of the message, but I want to just I mentioned well, we're being drawn to Jesus. And if it wasn't for things hindering us, we would we would be closer to Jesus. So what are some of these things? And I'm not gonna expound on these, but just just so we can understand. The things that act against our motion toward Christ, one of them is just ourself. It's our thoughts, it's our worries, our concern, our past, our filters what I call our VAT, all the things that's happened to our life affect our motion towards Christ and they hinder us. It stops us sometimes, it gets us off track. It's just our Another one is others. Other people actually hinder you from following Christ. Sometimes those others are family members. Sometimes they're unsaved friends. Sometimes they're saved friends. You ever been hindered from following Christ by a saved person? If you've been saved for any length of time, you have. So other people hinder us sometimes. It's because they feel bad about themselves, and so they don't want to see you get better. Now that's a toxic person. If you've got somebody that somebody like that in your life, you need to distance yourself a little uh, from them. Some people don't want to change, and so therefore they don't want you to change. But other people affect you in your relationship with Christ. So we need to recognize that at times so that we can do the proper things so that we can continue on in our motion. What's great about Jesus is once we remove... See, this is where Newton's law, law doesn't take effect, I believe, in this. Because Newton's law also says things at rest tend to stay at rest. But see, because Jesus is always drawing us, once you remove those hindrances, once you help somebody remove those hindrances, his draw begins to draw them again. They don't have to do anything on themselves. Jesus is the one drawing them, removing the hindrances. And the third thing, one of the th- one of the other things as I'm not going to relegate it to just 3 that hinder our motion towards Christ is the devil. You know the devil is alive. His best lie, his biggest lie that's been told to us especially in the United States is that he doesn't exist and he doesn't really do anything active. Go to a third world country and ask if they believe in demonic forces in in the devil. Of course they do, because they've seen it. So what the devil realized a long time ago in this nation, that if he could just get us into believing that he didn't exist, then his battle is already won. We don't know what to fight because we can't see it. We, We don't believe that he's there. But the devil, he came to kill, steal, and destroy. The Bible says that. If the Bible is true, then it's true that the devil came to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Why on earth, church? Do we not think that the devil is here trying to kill us, to steal from us, and to destroy us? But we live like we don't believe in a devil. This is a big part of us growing closer to Christ, is acknowledging that there really is a devil. There's a spiritual realm that we live in. So these things are, are constantly pushing us off track, getting us to not believe, getting us on the wrong track, getting us into ourself. And those are the things that we need to be recognizing. And as we continue on, as we just go this path together of growing closer to Christ, we'll be talking about those things. I think of Galatians uh, chapter 5 when it says, you were running a good race who cut in on you. Now, that book is specifically talking about bringing in a a doctrine of circumcision, of obeying the law. But it could be any doctrine you want to believe. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you? Did you see your life at one point where you were drawing closer to Jesus and things were going well? My question is, what happened? Who cut in on you? Was it yourself? Was it somebody else? Was it the devil? Was it a combination of all three? Don't let anyone cut in on you. We have to be aware that there is a battle for our lives. If if Satan came to rob, to kill, to kill steal, and destroy, then Jesus came to heal, to fill, and to deploy. He came to give us life. He doesn't want to leave us the way he found us. He wants us ever growing closer to him. And so... Over the, the time this morning, I just want to talk about a, a few things that we'll be covering over the, and we will be doing, in a sense, a series, but it's never going to end, but we're going to do specific things about helping us to understand what, how this is going to play out in our lives, getting this philosophy in us that Jesus wants us always to be growing closer to him. And so we're going to cover a few t- subjects. One, some, one of the subjects is discipleship. That's huge. Right there, we begin to have preconceived notions of what discipleship looks like. It's huge, and I'm not going to cover it all this morning, but part of that will be we're going to help to teach and to learn to grow in the Word. We're going to help to build or even maybe to develop, maybe you've never even had it developed in your life, a biblical, spiritualistic worldview. That's a big phrase, biblical, spiritualistic worldview. That means that the way we view the world is Through the lens of the Bible, what the Bible has to say about our conduct, about our life, about everything. Spiritualistic that says it's not just a static or a dead word or just a logos in the Greek. It's a rhema. It's a living and active word. It's dynamic. And it's a spiritual world that we're living in. So we don't just apply philosophies from the Bible. I know know atheists who think that the Bible is full of wonderful philosophies. It's more than philosophies. It's more than teaching. It's a spiritual relationship. It's a spiritual life. So part of this will be going learning the Bible, learning that it's it's a biblical worldview, but it's also we live in a spiritualistic time. And we're going to try to understand more and more who God is through His Word. We want to, as part of discipleship, we need to grow in prayer and communion with God. What we had this morning is just a touch of the things that we should be doing more and more, sitting in His presence, listening for His voice. Communion with with God. we're get Part of discipleship is growing in faith and stepping out and acting upon his word. That's part of the discipleship process. You know, the idea of disciple is that, you know, I do it, you watch, and we talk about it, and, and then I'm going to, you're going to do it, I'm going to help you along the way. We're going to talk more, and then you're going to do it, and I'm going to watch you. We're going to help give opportunities to to spread your faith and maybe share your faith with others in different settings. So that's part of discipleship. Another facet of this one step closer to Jesus is what I just hit on briefly about being spiritual people. We are a spiritual people. We're spirit, soul, and body lined up correctly under God. We're a spiritual people. We live in a spiritual kingdom. And I know that many of you struggle because I struggle at, at just living the natural life and not seeing the kingdom, not seeing the spiritual view like I should. There was a great set of books a few years, quite a few years ago. Wow, it's been like at least twenty. Frank Peretti, this present darkness. Those were amazing books, and it was just a novel, but it was a picture of what life could look like in the spiritual realm it was a it was written about people but you saw behind the scenes what the spirits what the demons and the angels might be doing on our behalf and and let me help to to put that picture a little bit more the bible says that the angels are innumerable more than the sand on the seashore yet the demons are a third of that innumerable number that's a lot of demons I don't think they're just sitting off in a corner twiddling their thumb. If there's that many demons, they're active in this world. And it's a wake-up call. So we're going to understand that we're a spiritual people. We live by spiritual principles, that those are above our natural principles, and that we're going to participate in a spiritual kingdom. And if we don't, if we don't grow in our understanding and acceptance of this spiritual kingdom, we're always going to be hindered we're always going to be stunted in our growth because we won't get past the natural. And we need to do that. Another part, another facet we're going to talk about and cover is that we're going to help people find healing, emotional and spiritual healing. There's a lot of broken and wounded people in the church. and And we're stuck. All of us are hurt. All of us are broken or wounded in one way or another. But we want to help people find healing. Jesus said he came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to set the prisoners free. Some of you are set some of you are prisoners in your in your own life because of the things that have happened to you. You're prisoners uh, by, by the circumstances. We want to help people find that and not just wave the, the magic wand over you. We've done that in the church for a long time. You know, we were all pretty messed up people and we came to Jesus and we became saved, messed up people. And then somebody in the church says, Man, you're really messed up. You need to be baptized. So we got baptized, and we became saved, baptized, messed up people. And somebody in the church says, well, that didn't work either, so we need to deliver you. We need to lay hands on you and cast these demons out and deliver you. So we became saved, baptized, delivered, messed up people. And then what happened? We went, I'm ashamed. And so we hid our messed upness. It's in the closet. And every time it comes out, people look at us funny. Well, you've been saved for 20 years. You should be beyond this by now. And so you just pretend. Or they left the church because they couldn't handle it. Because we didn't really help them find the healing that I believe Jesus wants. So we want to dig deeper. We want to help you to dig deeper and provide avenues for spiritual, deep, emotional healing and freedom. And finally, the fourth facet that we're, that is covered in this, and all these are so big among themselves, is that we're going to help to release people to bring others one step closer. The other word. And right away you're going, oh no, evangelism. Pastor Rob, what week are you going to talk on that? Because I'm not going to be here. We just fear begins to grip you, some of you's palms are already sweating. <laughs> thinking that you might have to go out onto the streets and witness and lead somebody to Jesus. And that's the wrong picture. And I've done that and 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 I, I was compelled to and, and I did all those crazy things in the inner city and streets and walking up cold people telling them about Jesus. But that's not necessarily evangelism. That can be part of it. But it's it's about being salt and life, being a light to the world, being a witness, being, being a friend to people, just being a bearer of the light and the life of Jesus. You know, you don't have to lead anybody to Jesus. Let's get to say that again. You don't have to lead anybody to Jesus. You simply get to live your life and help bring others in the same direction you're going, which is one step closer. So it's just bring them along with you, wherever they're at. Help find, find out, get to know them a little bit so you can help them take the next step. There's no pressure. It's going to happen because as you're growing closer to Christ, you're going to have more freedom. And you're going to have more understanding and more love and more compassion. You're going to have more confidence because you're going to be set free. And you're just going to be naturally helping people to draw one step closer to Jesus. It comes out of your life with Him. You're going to know God's Word better. Understand His love. It's not about legalism or dogma that says you have to do it, but you'll be compelled from the inside to share what God has done in your life because you're growing closer to Jesus and you'll understand maybe for the first time what He really came to do, bringing that healing and freedom in Christ. It's incredible. And then even as the 2 Corinthians 3.18 said, you'll reflect the glory of God. See, that's all we have to do is reflect His glory. But we'll wipe away the junk from our lives. Christ will do that in us. He'll wipe it away and we'll just become a better mirror to reflect His glory. Now, when I think of evangelism that way, because truthfully, I, I don't really like evangelism. It's hard. I, go out, I used to go out on the streets a lot. And, and every time, I would hate it. You know, and, and people say, oh, you're such an evangelist. You're so good at it. I think one of the things of an evangelist is that they, they like it. And it was just painful. But I pressed through. But his, his light will begin to shine and the pressure will come off and we'll just be growing one step closer to Jesus everywhere we go. So why on earth would we want to grow closer to Jesus? And that's, that, that's even a legitimate question. Because there's a fear that has to be overcome for some of us. Some of us have been Christians a long time. Maybe you're sitting in here, you don't know Christ yet. But but either case, you might be going, I don't know if I want to get any closer. I think of the song years ago that I used to sing. Please don't send me to Africa. I used to think that if I got closer to Jesus, that maybe he would make me do something I didn't want to do. Some of you might have a similar fear. If I get closer to Jesus, what is he going to ask me to do? We have to get past that. Why would we want to go closer to Jesus? Let's start with John chapter 6. In verse 63, I'm going to read a a few verses here, but this is such a great passage. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? I'm going to stop right there. Notice it said some of his disciples went away and followed him no more. Not some of the crowd, some of his disciples. He was setting up this kind of hard life hey, you're going to follow me, you're going to take up your cross and die daily. He's speaking. And and some of the people said, just don't want to do it. They chose not to grow closer to Jesus on that day. But what does his disciples who stayed say? Jesus asked, do you also want to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. One of the things that separated these disciples from the other disciples is that the other disciples didn't truly know that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. They were following a philosophy. They were following religion. It was dead to them, and they chose not to grow any closer. But the disciples had it right. Where would we go? only you have the words of life and that's the reason we want to draw closer because only Jesus has the words of life for us i am i'm flabbergasted i don't even have words to say what i am i'm amazed i'm flabbergasted i'm where we are as a nation and the and the the ludicrousness of of the laws that we are being passed. It's just absolutely horrific and ridiculous. It makes no sense. Right now, more than any time in history, for, for my history, I need Jesus. He's the only one who has the words of life. He's the only one. And we need to draw closer to Him because I believe it's going to only go downhill from here. We want to draw closer to him because he has the words of life. We want to draw closer to him because he's the king of the whole earth, according to Psalm 47. Don't you want to be close to the king? You know, there's something in us that wants to be close to people of who, who, who can make things better, who maybe are powerful. There's something like, you know, it would be kind of nice. I wouldn't mind knowing Bill Gates. You know, I don't know if money runs downhill next to him or not. But this is somebody we want to get close to. He's the king of the earth. In John 14, 6, he says he's the way, the truth, and the life. I hear a lot of lies. I'm surrounded by them constantly. I need truth in my life. Don't know which way to go, but he's the way. I want to draw closer to that. 1 Corinthians 15, 19, it says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ... We are of all men the most pitiable. He gives us hope in this world. He gives us life in this world. But he gives us eternal life. I want to draw closer to the one who has eternal life for me. See, Christianity is not just about this world. It's not just a bunch of rules or even a a make-you-feel-good organization. It's about life. It's about eternal life. And that's why I want to grow closer to Jesus. I want to grow closer to Jesus because he gives us peace. And he's the only thing that makes sense in this crazy world. John 14, 27 says, My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. You know, the world tries to offer you peace. But it's not real peace. But Jesus comes and he wants to offer you peace. Philippians 4, 7, he says that that peace passes Understanding. You know, there's, that's the peace that comes in when you absolutely have no money, no way of getting money, no hope or prospect of any checks in the mail, and your life is collapsing, and all of a sudden a wave of peace comes upon you, and it makes no sense. You go, because in the natural we're doomed, and His peace rests upon you. It's a peace that when somebody's dying or in the hospital, and all of a sudden you just feel a comfort and a peace when you shouldn't by all accounts, have any peace. That's the peace that Jesus offers. So why do I want to draw closer to Jesus? I need that peace. I need that peace. Why do I want to draw closer to Jesus? It's nice to be able to sleep at night. Because He gives us forgiveness. He brings forgiveness to all the crummy things that we've done. And He releases us from the bondage and the burden. He wants us to walk in liberty. Ephesians 4 says, Just as in Christ forgave you. He forgave us. It's wonderful to walk in that. And as we experience that forgiveness, we can then forgive others because we understand we've been forgiven and we need to forgive others. So we can rest better at night because we're forgiven. Psalm 16, 8 says I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand I will not be shaken therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices my body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave nor will you let your holy one see decay you have made me known you've made known to me the path of life you will fill me with your joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand I will not be shaken I need that, because the cares of the life of this life overwhelm me at times. Honestly, just this week, I had read too many articles about things going on, and I said, "I'm out of here. I'm leaving this state. They can have it. They want to turn it upside down and perverse and And the time may come that God'll tell us all to leave. Last one out, turn off the lights. But his peace had to come back in. I can't be shaken. Not if I trust in him. And I need to draw closer so I have that communion with him, that relationship with him. Matthew 11 says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. You know, if you're in here and you don't have that peace and rest, drawing closer to Jesus is going to begin to overwhelm me with that peace and rest. It's not something you can conjure up. I encourage you even just to jot down Psalm 56 and 57. These are psalms of prayer for relief and safety from enemies. Here David was overwhelmed and he was concerned about his life, and yet in those psalms he's thanking God for his security, for his safety. Our hope, our peace, our life is found in Jesus. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Why would I want to grow closer to Jesus? I need all of these things. And so do you. As you step forward and allow this to become part of your life, drawing closer to Jesus, you'll experience these things in an overwhelming manner. It's not always going to be easy. But he's going to guide us and protect us and speak to us. The enemy's going to come in hard and he's going to try to get you off track from pursuing Jesus and actually letting those things go that are hindering you now. Your friends may even come up and say things like this. You know, you used to be so much fun. I, I, I know a number of you have told me that people have said those things to you, and that's just something some of our... You used to be so much fun. I think that we just make people feel better about the sin that they're in. You know, in Jesus life is amazing guilt-free living hope peace strength even excitement you know as a christian i've had amazingly even exciting times some people say well christianity's boring i was in the middle of two riots because i was a christian one in hollywood and one in new york city cops everywhere Snipers on the roof in New York. A riot was happening in Tompkins Square Park. You can read about it in USA Today from about 1989. We're in the middle of the park. My heart's beating faster. And our leader, Mark Johnson, says, let's go over right next to where the, the homeless people were revolting. I mean, we're, we're in the thick of this A riot about to happen. I mean, it's, it's just, it's getting crazy. And, and, and what do we do, Mark? He says, Let's pray. So we bowed down and prayed. And in his mind, that morning we'd gone through the devotions when, when they were going to go up and take the, the Philistines again. He says, should we go and take them like we did last time? And the Lord said, no. Wait till you hear the rustling of the wind in the mulberry trees. When you hear the rustling, then you'll know that I've given them into your hands. Then go in and get them. So we're sitting, praying, waiting for something. Mark even confessed he was waiting for the wind to start blowing. There was no wind, nothing, just a bright light came right on our group. I opened up my eyes, and I thought, the glory of God's here. And I look up, and it was ABC News. (laughs) They're filming us pray next to the homeless people that were they were going to take, I don't know what they were going to do. They, they just wanted all their rights. And, and so, so we just got up and we went in and we crossed over this little, it wasn't a big, it was about a fence this big. We, I th- think we thought it was going to protect us. So we crossed over into their, their area and we just shook hands with them. In fact, the order from the Lord through Mark was put your Bibles away, put your tracks away, stick out your hands and love them. So we just shook hands and talked with them. Gave him a couple of, some shirts. The police went home. There was no riot that day. It was pretty exciting. It was pretty exciting. Palms get sweaty remembering it. You know, following Christ, growing closer to him, he'll bring you to things that are awesome and at times scary. But it's it's fun. There's nothing wrong with drawing closer. And there's everything good about it. This morning, I said we are going to conclude with communion. And the reason why is I thought that this message was really the ultimate communion message. You know, Jesus, when he broke bread with his disciples, he was changing everything for them. These were Jews who had done the same thing for thousands of years. And Jesus came in and said, listen, I'm going to break the reason that you did communion, that you had the the Lord's Supper, the Passover. He says, from now on you'll know that the bread represents my body that's broken for you. The wine that you drink, that you dip the bread in, represents my blood that's spilled for you. Well, he had already talked to them and said, if you want to follow me, you're going to take up your cross and follow me. He had laid out that he wanted his disciples to continually draw closer to him. And so the ultimate communion message, and I'm going to have the the ushers go ahead and pass out the elements and just hold them when you get them. We'll partake together at the end. Is this message one step closer to Jesus? See, we can't even do it on our own. I said that Jesus is the one who woos us, who draws us to himself. So it's not us doing anything. We're just allowing his draw to have effect on our life. Thanks, Jim. So it's not something that we conjure up or do. It's it's really just allowing him to draw us, getting rid of some of the things that are hindering us and stunting us. And let his force begin to woo us and saying yes to him. Inside is that eternal, that eternal I- internal mechanism that says, you know, I don't want to sin anymore. I don't want to walk the way I used to. Not because have to change but because I understand who Jesus is more it's similar only in a small way to what's going on I'm actually trying to lose weight again it's been an ongoing thing for a few years now but something is changing I'm beginning to understand food a little better I'm beginning to understand my issues with food a little bit better. I'm accepting that some things really aren't good for me. Thanks, So I'm finding it a lot easier to say no to certain foods. It's becoming internal instead of an external thing that says, I better lose some weight because if I have to buy pants again, my wife isn't going to like it. It's it's a slow change, but it's beginning to happen. As we draw closer to Christ, the change comes from within. And when it does, oh, it's so much better than trying to make your body line up and, you know, we call it sin management, just manage our sin a little bit better. When it comes from inside, it's so much easier, so much better. Because it's Christ living through us, not us trying to conform to anything it's him in us conforming us to his image and so as we partake communion it's really that st- step today of saying you know lord i want to draw closer to you i need to draw closer to you and i thank you that you're wooing me kind of a step of of faith saying i'm going to receive your body and your blood for my everything. I'm going to walk away from my understanding of the past of the world and rest fully on your sacrifice. Rest fully on your life. So there's a commitment even being made today. And I'd even encourage you, even if, if, if you've already taken the bread and the cup, I'd encourage you, if, if that's not it, you don't have to take it. I want to be real with God. Now, it's not about by next week I'll be better. It's simply a statement, Lord. I'm not going to let things hinder me. I'm going to be open to you. I'm going to ask a simple question. What can I do to draw closer to you today? I'm going to ask questions like, does this event help me draw closer to you? We'll just respond. That communion today is receiving Christ's body that was broken for us. Without Him, we're just trying too hard and we'll fail. But because His body was broken, because His blood was spilled, He lives in us. We're forgiven. His Spirit is in us. Father, we thank you for your sacrifice for us. We thank you for your brokenness. That through your brokenness, we have healing. Through your death, we have life. Father, this morning, we thank you that you're drawing us to you. And we just say, Lord, help us to grow one step closer to you. We commit our lives afresh to you, to your body, and we thank you for your broken body. Let's take the bread together. Lord, the sacrifice that you made for us, your blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And I thank you that our sins are washed away. And we thank you for new life. And we commit ourselves fresh to you today, growing one step closer to you through the shedding of your blood. We receive it in Jesus' name. Let's it together. Father, I pray against all pressure right now for anyone to perform in this room. God, just continue to draw us. Help us to recognize your voice. Recognize the things that you'll begin as we say yes to you that you'll begin to draw us into. Thank you that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God, we love you. We thank you for this change in thinking. Help it to really burn into our lives. I don't have to arrive today. I just have to draw one step closer. And you're bringing us there all the time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys.